0: This is Ozarks at Large for Thursday, March 9th, 2023. I'm Matthew Moore.
1: I'm Kyle Kellums. This is 91.3 KUAF, a listener-supported service of the School of Journalism and Strategic Media at the University of Arkansas.
0: First on today's show, the demand for child care in Northwest Arkansas is growing, and as parents plan for the cost of care, they also have to navigate wait lists for certain care centers. Child care providers are in
1: short supply in the region, state, and nation. Ozarks at Larges Anna Pope reports that although the demand for affordable child care was highlighted during the pandemic, the need is a longstanding issue. Because of the lack of child care affordability and accessibility, Bayville started a child care assistance program, and some larger companies are creating other child care options for their employees.
2: Michelle Wynn walks families through the process of looking for child care in Northwest Arkansas. What providers have a waiting list, the quality of the program, the costs, and availability? Wynn is the director of Child Care Aware of Northwest Arkansas, an organization with a database of child care programs covering 17 counties. Some Arkansans who contact the organization have needs for child care ranging from bilingual programs to special needs and therapy services. So that's why I
3: feel like our services are valuable, because if a family has, say, a school-age kid and an infant and also a special needs child, that we can meet those needs because all three of those kids most likely are not going to go to the same center. So we're going to have to look at different centers for those families to attend.
2: Northwest Arkansas is the main driver of Arkansas's population growth. The region experienced a 20 percent population increase from 2010 to 2021, according to the Northwest Arkansas Council. Childcare-aware, Northwest Arkansas's numbers vary. Wynn says it might have less than 100 families seeking child care or using the organization's parent services one month, but at other times has higher demand.
3: Well, definitely with our growing community here, I would say that's what we're seeing um, with so many businesses um, expanding and moving people here that not, we're just not able to keep up with the growth and that we need to figure out as businesses how we can partner with our existing child care providers because when families are moving to the area, that is one of their biggest concerns is child care
2: Arkansas lost an average of $865 million annually because of childcare issues, according to a 2021 report from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Foundation. About $665 million of the sum came from absences and employee turnover. The remaining $200 million was lost in tax revenue. Also, 76% of parents reported missing work because of care problems, according to the report. Not only is there a shortage of infant and toddler care, Wynn says there's also a lack
3: of school-age care. And then we're also seeing another demand that we have lack of workers also going into the early childhood field. And so that's also going to mean we need to look at those workers in early childhood, their benefits, their wages, how we can keep them in that field.
2: Eligible families can get financial support in the state's Child Care Assistance Program. This is a DHS program offered through the Federal Child Care Development Fund and serves about 1,955 children. Fayetteville recently started a citywide program. If people live, work, or attend school in Fayetteville, families can receive up to 12 monthly payments for child care assistance through the City of Fayetteville. Yolanda Fields, the city's community resource director and equity officer, says demand for the program is consistent.
4: I can tell you that the folks that have been applying, they have been so thankful for the program because it will allow them the opportunity in some cases to actually get training that will improve their economic situation. They might be able to save some funds for possibly a down payment on a house or they could be, you know, whatever other financial needs, but it gives them a year of breathing space.
2: The city devoted nearly $18 million of American Rescue Plan Act funding to start the program in December and added $1.5 million of the Act's funds to it in February. There are nearly 2,000 children served through the state's program, and Fields says in Fayetteville's plan, 48 applications are on a payment cycle and 39 more have been approved as of February 24th. Families must be eligible to apply and meet low-to-moderate income guidelines. For instance, the total gross income for a three-person household must be at or below $60,300 a year.
4: So this, since we had the one-time ARPA funding, that's why we were able to do this. But normally this wouldn't be something that the city would be able to fund, but it gives our community, because we can't use city funds in this way to provide assistance like this for individuals. So this becomes more of a social service kind of
2: program. Some center's care numbers took a dip because of the COVID-19 pandemic and picked up once services were offered again and wait lists resumed. Washington County's Economic Opportunity Agency offers federally funded child care development programs. Delia Farmer, executive director of the county agency, says it has 351 slots in the program because of funding.
5: But that is definitely not enough. There is a shortage of child care availability across the state. It's not something that is just isolated to Northwest Arkansas. It's just an issue statewide. But we have a waiting list, uh, which is traditionally the case, except during time period of COVID, where we didn't see the numbers that we typically have, but we're back to seeing a waiting list for our program, unfortunately. Yes. There
2: are about 86 infants, toddlers, and expecting parents on the agency's early Head Start waiting list and 107 children on standby for the Head Start program. Although the programs are geared toward low-income families, the agency works with United Way to also serve families above the threshold.
5: Just to recognize that there is a need for more early childhood services, particularly in the area of zero to three. I think that there has been a concerted effort to ensure that we have preschool, pre-K programs through our our public schools, which is is wonderful. And we're glad to see that. And we certainly work with public schools to make sure that that transition happens between our Head Start program and the public schools.
2: For Ozarks at Large and the Bruce and Anne Applegate News Studio One. At the Carver Center for Public Radio, I'm Anna Pope.
1: Matthew Moore, what happens if you miss an edition of Ozarks at Large?
0: Well, lucky for you, we have ways for you to find previous full episodes as well as full individual stories as well. You can head over to OzarksAtLarge.com and find those stories, the links associated with them. If you're trying to find information about the Fayetteville Child Care Assistance Program, we've got a link for that in the story as well. I'm Maria Hinojosa. This week on Latino USA,
6: an episode from the new season of La Verega, a podcast about the Puerto Rican experience through music.
5: A war between salsa and merengue. A war that tells us a lot about our relationship with our sister island, the Dominican Republic.
6: That's this week on Latino USA.
0: Latino USA, Sunday afternoon
1: at 3, right here on KUAF. And still ahead on today's Ozarks, Mike Mills, the new secretary of the Arkansas Department of Parks, Heritage and Tourism, talks with Roby Brock from our partner Talk Business and Politics about attracting visitors from around the country and the world to the natural state. Arkansas Community Foundation supports local ARCF
7: offices to help Arkansans learn how to make an impact through investing in long-term solutions and local giving opportunities in every corner of our state. More at ARCF.org. Walton Arts Center presents Complexions Contemporary Ballet, performing Stardust from Bach to Bowie. The first piece is an exploration of love and alliances inspired by Johann Sebastian Bach. Stardust is the second piece featuring glam rock inspired costumes that channel the iconic look of David Bowie. Tickets and information at
0: WaltonArtsCenter.org. Transgender and non-binary public school students in Arkansas would be forced to use restrooms inconsistent with their gender identity under a bill advanced by lawmakers yesterday. Members of the Senate Education Committee advanced House Bill 1156, sponsored by Republican Representative Mary Bentley of Perryville. Representative Bentley said she brought the bill in response to concerns from parents and superintendents.
3: I can share you... uh texts from parents that shared me students in Fayetteville, young girls that refuse to go to the bathroom and they hold their pee all day and they have urinary tract infections because they are uncomfortable going to the bathroom with a transgender student. So again, we're looking at all the students, not just the a few. We're looking at every student.
1: Several members of the public spoke against the bill, with one noting that Representative Bentley is also the sponsor of several other bills that could be seen as targeting the transgender community. Kamo Maynard O'Connell, a trans non-binary public school student, said the bill would unfairly segregate students based on their gender identity.
3: Which, one,
2: won't be good for the trans student's mental health, and it will out all the trans individuals to people who might not be safe, which will, including me, it will paint a target on my back for bullying, gossip, and social ostracizing. And that already makes the trans individuals in this community think very vulnerable.
0: Public commenters also raised concerns the bill would not dedicate any funding for schools to construct additional single occupancy restrooms, which trans students would be forced to use under the bill. It now goes to the full Senate for a vote.
1: Walmart is opening 28 Walmart health centers in Missouri, Arizona, and Texas in 2024. The company opened its first health clinic in 2019. Now there are 32 centers, including a location that opened this past year in Fort Smith. Walmart plans to have 77 centers in the U.S. when 2024 ends. According to the company, about 90% of the United States population is within 10 miles of a Walmart. Walmart centers attend to uninsured patients and offer labs, x-ray, and audiology, along with primary, dental, and behavioral health care services to adults and children. The new clinics will be about 5,800 square feet and located inside Walmart supercenters.
0: Most Arkansas counties are experiencing a shortage of primary health professionals, according to the Rural Health Information Hub. The hub classified shortages in part of the county or across the whole county. In northwest Arkansas, counties like Benton and Washington are in a partial shortage, while Madison and Carroll counties are in a whole shortage. Investments in health care, such as the $500 million Mercy health care expansion, are being made in the region to address the lack of services. Dr. Joe Thompson, president and CEO of the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement, says health care in rural areas is under stress because physicians are retiring or leaving the community. He says primary care in general deserves attention.
8: Over 50% of Arkansans have a chronic condition, and those are managed over the time by your primary care clinician. There's a lot of focus on specialists during kind of acute times of need, But over your lifetime, a relationship with a primary care clinician is critically important to help manage those chronic conditions and avoid complications that can come from them.
1: Although Arkansas has four counties without a shortage of primary care professionals, according to The Hub, Oklahoma, Louisiana, and Mississippi have no counties without a deficiency.
0: A program funded by the Arkansas Chamber of Commerce is working to build up the state's technical and skilled labor workforce. Reporter Daniel Carruth has more from a statewide tour that kicked off in Rogers this week.
2: Thank you guys.
9: Have a day.
10: On Tuesday morning, students at Rogers High School shuffled through their basketball gym to talk with potential employers from fields, including everything from plumbing and welding to trucking and construction. The statewide Draft day tour kicked off this week in Northwest Arkansas. The initiative is part of the State Chamber of Commerce and Associated Industries of Arkansas's Be Pro, Be Proud program. It aims to place more graduating high school seniors in technical careers. Andrew Parker is the executive director of the Associated Industries of Arkansas. People have heard about a signing day, an event
11: where a student celebrates a decision that they've made about what's next, sports, academics. This is intended to be something different. We want a working event to strategically match interested students based on an aptitude assessment and a registration they've gone through with companies who've also gone through a registration process and then match what those companies need to those students' aptitudes.
10: He says more than 600 high school seniors in Rogers and Springdale participated in employer interviews this week and even more students took part in the Career Fair Expo. He says draft day helps to show students career opportunities they may not have been aware of.
11: Be Pro, Be Proud is not here to say that four-year degree path is the wrong path to take, but there are equal, if not better, alternatives that will provide enormous income opportunity and this is generational wealth creating kinds of things that no one ever really thinks about.
10: The next draft day stop is at the Peak Innovation Center in Fort Smith on Tuesday, March 14th. In Fayetteville,
1: I'm Daniel Carew. The Fayetteville Board of Education is extending an offer to John Mulford to be the next superintendent of Fayetteville Schools. He's currently the deputy superintendent of operations for Springfield Public Schools in Missouri.
0: The Arkansas men's basketball team is opening play tonight in the SEC tournament in Nashville. The Razorbacks are the 10th seed and face the number 7 seed, Auburn. A win today moves Arkansas into tomorrow's quarterfinals. The Fresh Grass Music Festival returns to The Momentary in Bentonville
7: May 19th and 20th. Featuring award-winning artists Camp, L. King, Mavis Staples, Sierra Farrell, the Del McCoury Band, and more. Tickets at themomentary.org. KUAF is supported by Butterfield Trail Village, a premier Northwest Arkansas retirement community catering to active lifestyles and resident well-being. Offering a variety of living options from apartments to village homes, plus a daily calendar of activities and events.
1: ButterfieldTrailVillage.org for more. Quick reminder, you can keep up with our show by subscribing to our Ozarks at Large newsletter. It lands every Monday through Friday morning in your email inbox. Sign up for free at KUAF.com. Time now for today's
12: Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. I'm Paul Gatling. Mike Mills is the new Arkansas Secretary of Parks, Heritage, and Tourism, and we will hear from him on today's program. Plus, a significant tourism award for Experience Fayetteville, that is the city's destination marketing organization. And a Connecticut-based wealth manager that services more than $32 billion in client assets has hired its first financial advisor in Arkansas. All of those stories are coming your way after the break on today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal
1: Report.
3: Support for the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report is provided by the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce and Associated Industries of Arkansas. The Chamber's mission is to promote a pro-business, free enterprise agenda, and prevent legislation, regulation, and rules that hinder business. More at ArkansasStateChamber.com. First Security is proud to be only in Arkansas. They offer smart solutions for personal and business banking, plus convenient services and community investment. First Security, Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.
12: Mike Mills's work in the tourism sector spans close to 50 years. He may be known best as the founder and owner of Buffalo Outdoor Center near Ponca in Newton County. Earlier this year, he took on a new title when he was confirmed by the Arkansas Senate as Governor Sarah Sanders' nominee to be the new Arkansas Secretary of Parks, Heritage, and Tourism. Mills sat down recently with Robie Brock to discuss that new role. Tourism
13: obviously hit hard during COVID-19. It was the industry that probably showed the, the biggest, um, you know, uh, def- de- deficiencies and things in there, but big rebound now. You see the numbers back in tourism numbers. You see uh, the employment coming back. Just what was the air of optimism, but talking to some of the operators, some of the business people in that industry?
8: You know. Parts of the tourism industry were hit hard. So if you owned a hotel, motel, uh, lodging facility like that, but other parts exploded. Uh, so if you had cabins in the middle of nowhere uh, or an RV park, those businesses jumped dramatically. So overall, COVID was not that uh, a bad a deal for many Arkansas tourism operators. Mm-hmm. Uh, the employment has jumped back up and, and uh, that's because once again, the, the hoteliers and that kind of stuff are back putting people to work.
13: 100 year anniversary of the state parks, uh, near and dear to your heart. You guys were at Petty Jean to, to commemorate that. Tell me a little bit about, why do you think that state parks, I mean, there's 52 of them, 52. is that correct? Um, what, what's just, what's, what's made it work for 100 years to the level that it's at now?
8: You know, uh, first of all, Arkansas just have some incredible places for a state park. And and so we've got waterfalls and history and prairies and mountains and rivers. I mean, you name it, if you wanna go outside and have fun, Arkansas has that facility and it's in a state park. So a hundred years old, well, how do you celebrate a century? Um, it, it's It's just fun. And plus we're gonna connect the last hundred years with the next hundred years. Yep. So
13: we're- What does that know, entail?
8: Well, it's it's taken the kids. You know, we've, we've got a junior park ranger program for age six to 14. And, and so it's taken them and, and, and letting them learn about the assets that we have in the state parks and to preserve those for the future.
13: Uh, Governor Sarah Sanders' husband Brian is uh, kind of the head of a new council that's been created to capitalize on the outdoors and tourism as an industry right. uh, in Arkansas. Tell me a little bit about that and why we need a separate council for that versus the Parks and Recs Council, for instance.
8: Well, the Parks and Tourism Commission has a role in guiding the Arkansas State Parks and the Tourism Division. The, the council is being put in place with some of the great minds in Arkansas to really uh, give the governor advice on how to jump to the next level. And that means the world stage. I mean, literally, how do we put the recreation opportunities in Arkansas on the world stage? And we already are. Uh, There's a, a bike thing coming up soon that has 35 teams. 10 are from outside the United States. I mean, that's we're playing on the world stage.
13: What, um, tell me what you think the the potential is and tell me who you think are gonna be, tell me what some parts of that tourism industry are gonna look like in terms of, um, for instance, bike racing is one of those things. Probably not something in my generation. We rode bikes, but it was around the neighborhood, yeah, Mike, you know, no, I, we didn't I, do I,
8: bike racing, so. I live down in the country, so I rode on dirt roads and uh, jumped pond banks. But so.
13: you've got that, you've got airplane tourism, you got motorcycle tourism. I mean, there's some really kind of niche Things that are going on out there that I don't think people are super aware of. Well,
8: and and the niche things are growing. They they start off as niche, but then biking, mountain biking, and gravel biking, and and all those kind of things, they've spread to everybody. I mean, even old guys like us. I mean, we 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 see people out there of all ages. And and we have trails for all ages. And so one of the things that this initiative is doing is making sure we have the maintenance to keep these trails up. And, and then we're gonna look at spreading out people the buffalo river is always going to be a star for the state of arkansas so how do we get more people paddling the saline river or the cassita river or uh, other places in arkansas spring river strawberry big piney mulberry i mean i can i can go through a, right. a litany of lists <laughs> but but how do we spread that out and that's one of our challenges and of course we've got eastern arkansas with a lot of prairies and a lot of agriculture that can be tapped into tourism, agri-tourism is, is a coming thing, and the Delta Her- Her- Heritage Trail over in, uh, next to the Mississippi. Um, those are the kind of things that we're going to promote and, and, and lift up.
13: I don't, I don't get to ask you what your favorite state park is, do I? No, okay. there are right. 52 there's, of them there's so You on. love them all, they're and all I've your children. I've been to 54. You've been to 54, 54 you've been to two that closed?
8: Parks. Well, Buffalo River and Lost Valley were state parks before the Buffalo National River came into being. And so I was at both of those parks before 1972. And once they were donated to the National Park System, I told our parks director one time I've been to 54 state parks. (laughs) And he looked at me and says, no, we only have 52. But we used to have two more.
12: Mike Mills is the Arkansas Secretary of Parks, Heritage and Tourism. For that interview and more tourism coverage, be sure and visit our sister website, talkbusiness.net. And speaking of tourism, Experience Fayetteville, that's the city's destination marketing organization, was named Tourism Organization of the Year at the 49th Annual Arkansas Governor's Conference on Tourism in El Dorado. The organization also claimed the Natural State Tourism Development Award for Art Court. That's a unique basketball court enhanced with murals, sculptures, and virtual reality experiences on Dixon Street. Matt Waller said he is resigning as Dean of the Sam M. Walton College of Business at the University of Arkansas. Waller says he plans to return to the UA faculty this fall as a professor in the Supply Chain Management Department, a program he helped create more than a decade ago. No word from the university on Waller's replacement. And Connecticut-based wealth management firm, New Edge Wealth, has hired Hunter Gehring of Bentonville as its first financial advisor in Arkansas. Gehring comes from Arvest Wealth Management in Lowell, where he managed about $600 million in client assets. New Edge Wealth has 32 billion in assets under management with additional offices in Florida, California, Utah, and Pennsylvania. You can find all of those stories online at nwabusinessjournal.com, where you can follow our reporting each and every day. I'm Paul Gatling, and that's the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Until next time, thanks for listening.
1: This is Ozarks at Large. I'm Kyle Kellams. I'm inside the Anthony and Susan Hoy News Studio with Brett Ratliff, who is our membership director, and Matthew Moore, producer, host, anchor, podcast person,
0: Howdy, Kyle. Mm -hmm. Hello.
1: Welcome. Good to be here. You're guinea pigs because I have for years thought there is so much coming at us, be it music from digital streams, be it prestige television on seemingly a new streaming service every week, to podcasts, to movies, that I wanted to pick the brains of the people I work with to help listeners maybe come up with something that they might not know about. So... Our first session of recommendations, the two of you.
0: Well, Thank I you. am I am thrilled to be a guinea pig. It's something I've always wanted to be in life.
9: Yeah, I've been one several times. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to love it. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> go- <laughs> Can't wait. And I'm also excited
1: about this because I'm more or less a native Arkansan. You're from Illinois, Kentucky, right, Brett? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So who knows what we're going to hear, Matthew? Give us a recommendation of something we should spend our attention and time with.
0: Absolutely. So um, for those of you who don't know, I listen to things all day, every day. And part of that is finding time to listen to two things at once, which is something that you know any audio person will tell you is something you kind of have to do. So a lot of times I'm listening back to transcripts of conversations I've had, of interviews I've had, but I also need a little bit of music. I need something to kind of just like help me not just hear the same like four words in a phrase as I'm trying to transcribe it over and over again. And so what I have found in the last couple of years is that I listen to a lot of music that doesn't have lyrics or it doesn't have vocals in it. And so I wanted to present, our friends here, some albums that I find myself going back to over and over again, the albums that help keep me productive, help keep my brain from frying as I'm trying to do the work that I do day in and day out, and uh, I enjoy going back to. So I have three albums. Okay that folks can listen to. And I have described it as vocal-free albums to help you be more productive at work. Mac DeMarco is someone who is you know, an an indie rock folk that someone has heard of. A lot of people have heard of Mac DeMarco has albums like Salad Days, a lot of stuff. He just recently put out an album that is called Five Easy Hot Dogs, which is a very Mac DeMarco thing to name your record. (laughs) And it's entirely vocal-free, which is uh, interesting for Mac yes. DeMarco. Someone who is known for his vocal intonation, known for the way he writes songs. Um, so this album is called Five Easy Hot Dogs, and it came up in my discovery on Spotify. And I'm not someone who listens to a lot of Mac DeMarco, but I wanted—I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And I saw that it was instrumental, and I thought, oh, okay. And so uh, th- this song that we'll have here, this is a song called Vancouver.
1: Vancouver from the album, Five Easy Hot Dogs from Matt DeMarco. The
0: next recommendation I have is for folks who are like me, who are smack dab in the middle of being millennials. Mm -hmm. They're folks who grew up in an era with the really large desktop computer tower and the really big CRT monitors and the video game, The Sims. Do you remember The Sims? I know of The Sims. They were a little after my time. One of the best parts about The Sims is just like falling into like three hours of building a house and the music that played underneath it. On Spotify, there is the original soundtrack for the original game, The Sims. And there's specifically a song that's called Under Construction. And if you've, if you've ever like built out a house in The Sims... This will take you right back to that time. And it's so wonderful. Last recommendation I have is a little more normal than The Sims. <laughs>
1: it's a low bar there, but no. <clears throat>
0: this is uh, this album is called Third by Nathan Salzberg.
9: Uh-huh.
0: and uh, uh, old old friend. Oh, really? Yeah. And and this is one of the records that I put on nearly every day. Mm-hmm. I love the way he plays guitar. I love how subtle but articulate his guitar playing is and it's just one of those that like if you're if you're ever feeling a little bit stressed out, you feel like you just came out of a meeting that made you a little more anxious than you anticipated, throw on this record and it'll just lower your blood pressure by 8 or 9 points, anecdotally speaking.
9: Salberg third yes you say an old friend old friend and I'll compound that uh, uh, recommendation with Joan Shelley yeah yeah because Nathan and Joan That's right uh, play a lot of music together they, they, I mean record a lot of music together and Joan is is her uh, writing and and vocals are so beautiful both are from Louisville Ah. Both are Louisville-based, and uh, Nathan also is a director, or he was. I'm pretty sure he still holds the position, but he, he uh, oversees some parts of the Lomax archives oh wow. as well.
1: Wow. See, serendipitous. That's, yeah. that's amazing. You're guinea pigs, but you're serendipitous. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matthew, thank you very much for that. Brett Ratliff, what do you want to tell oh, people to spend time with?
9: Mine's local. Locally focused, and uh, I just got off the phone with the Hembries earlier today and would like to talk about the Folk School of Fayetteville. I cannot wait for this to happen. It's happening, it seems, and and, uh, they've gotten (laughs) – they're they're rent-free in the Walker Stone house there, and so that's an incredible partnership they've created with uh, with, – Experience Fayetteville. Experience Fayetteville, yes. And uh, so that – now, I, think, I think that's a recipe for uh, some real strong community development work happening right here in downtown, you know, at the same time that all of the uh, arts – the arts corridor here is building up, and and uh, it's nice to have something that grounds it in in place.
1: And, of course, we're talking about Brian Bernice Hembry, who yes. uh, were co-founders along with Jeremy Gothrop of the Roots Festival. They've been in One Penny Acre. Uh, Smoky in the mirror and just mm-hmm. wonderful folks
9: and uh, the way they said it to me is they 've always had these uh, workshops and educational components uh, to the things that they do, and uh, it's just uh, taken the time to really emphasize that yeah
1: and and you're a musician, yes, you both are musicians mm-hmm. Um this folk school idea is kind of near and dear to you, right,
9: Brett? It is. This, this I've been involved in that kind of uh, teaching uh, and that kind of mission driven uh, education, cultural, you know, traditional arts education, for some time, uh, mostly in Kentucky, mostly around central and southern Appalachian styles and repertoire, which uh, are direct. You know, direct lineage to yeah. what you can find in the Ozarks, and so it's it'll be fun to uh, it, it'll be a fun way for somebody like me who comes in with uh, um, a lot of context, but I'm still interested in okay, now what is the relation to this place? What's the relationship with this place with with this repertoire? Right. Why are, are the styles different? Why are they different? You know. Uh, I, that's the thing that I loved about uh, East Kentucky and the work that I did there um, and and still do there is to see county to county or even within a county creek to creek how uh, the styles uh, differ, you know, how the stories were the same, but they were different in style uh, and why. Just always digging, you know, trying to dig just a little bit deeper and, and you know, asking – keep asking the question why. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll keep our eye out on what Br- Brian and Bernice keep doing. We're going to mm-hmm. listen to those records. Matthew, Brett, thank you very much. Thanks yeah. for
9: letting me be again. A pleasure. Yeah.
6: This is Leah Uribe, Associate Professor and Chair of the Music Department at the University of Arkansas, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Penimeter. We open Sound Penimeter today with "Full," the first movement of Tarot for Wind Ensemble, a piece by American composer and conductor Lindsay Brunnenkant. This piece, written in 2021, is titled after the pack of 78 cards used for fortune-telling. Ronan Kant chose three tarot cards to inspire each one of the work's movements. First movement, the fool. Second movement, the king of cups. And third movement, the tower. In the words of the composer, Quote, the fool represents someone who dives headfirst through open doors with enthusiasm and sometimes with a blissful ignorance of any looming danger. The card represents new beginnings, playfulness, naivete and optimism. The first movement, the fool, contains several intentionally comedic moments as the fool, unaware of the luck manifesting from his will, manages to escape through a minefield unharmed end quote. Let us enjoy the rest of this movement and let it be our omen for a new journey, one where you will be filled with optimism and freedom from the usual constraints in life. was full, the first movement of tarot for wind ensemble, a piece by Lindsay Bronenkant, in its premiere performance by the Eastman Wind Ensemble conducted by the composer herself back in May of 2021. Lindsay Bronenkant is visiting Northwest Arkansas and the University of Arkansas as a guest composer for the Wind Ensemble concert this Friday, March 10th, 7.30 p.m. at the Faulkner Performing Arts Center. The Win Ensemble, conducted by Dr. Christopher Knighton, among other pieces, will present Taro in its complete version, preceded by a composer talk to be held beforehand at 7 p.m. This is an activity not to miss. Lindsay Browning Kent Visit is also part of the University of Arkansas She Festival of Women in Music Activities, which we hope you join as well. Alison Loggins Hall is a flutist, composer and producer with an active career in multiple genres of music. Along with Natalie Joachim, she founded Flutronics in 2009, a flute duet that has been critically acclaimed and recognized for redefining the instrument. Loggins Hall wrote the pattern for flute, clarinet, violin, cello, piano and percussion in 2020. In program notes for the L.A. Philharmonic by the composer, she describes her piece as, quote, a case for reparations for the African-American community and embodies the tumultuous relationship between white Americans and black Americans from the beginning of slavery to today. The beginning of the pattern is inspired by the last battle of the Civil War. Once the war ends, Black Americans are declared free from slavery, but left with no guidance or resources. Though during Reconstruction, many Blacks were able to acquire land and build their own communities, there was lingering disdain from defeated confederates and terroristic behaviors towards Blacks ensued, end quote. This piece takes us through unending cycles of harm and hope, depicting the exhaustion, psychological harm and pain that those cycles create. That was The Pattern, a piece by American composer and flutist Alison Loggins Hall, performed by Ensemble Pi. In March, we celebrate Women's History Month, and Sound Perimeter is joining the celebration by featuring women of all identities in music. Our hope is that women of all identities are uplifted, affirmed, and seen in all music places. Like the full tarot cards omen, I hope we start together a new journey, one filled with optimism and freedom from the usual constraints in life. A journey in which we choose music as a place to transform and repair the damage inflicted on our own historically marginalized identities. This is Lía Uribe. Associate Professor and Chair of the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Penimeter. A show written and hosted by me and produced by Timothy Dennis, KUAF 91.3 in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Sound Penimeter is a segment dedicated to diverse voices in and around music. I hope it will expand your knowledge and connection to inclusive sounds and let music infiltrate your lives and transform your reality. See you soon.
0: On tomorrow's Ozarks at Large, so you think you can write a romantic comedy?
2: You think about a rom-com, you think about them doing cute things, you think about having fun dialogue, you think about all the sweet things about it, which of course everyone has endless amazing adorable ideas they come up with. But that's actually not an interesting film, you know what I mean? That's like a music video.
1: Not as easy as you might think. Details tomorrow on Ozarks at Large at noon and 7 p.m. And by asking your smart speaker to please play Ozarks at Large. The
7: Elizabeth Richardson Center is needing your help to break the box. They have a donation drive going through March at any legacy bank location or here at KUAF Public Radio. Here's the ERC's Jenna Dare. And
3: we know that we ask for a lot, but it takes a lot. And if this was your child, grandchild, cousin, aunt, whatever, you know, you would want them to be taken care of.
7: Make your voice matter and help the ERC bust the box
1: this month. For more, KUAF.com. And they do ask that you drop those items off during normal business hours at each of the drop-off locations, including 91.3 KUAF at 9 South School. Yesterday on our program, we talked with Jerry Sloan about his poetry, included in the new book, Wild Muse, Ozark's Nature Poetry. We didn't have time yesterday for one of my favorite poems from that collection, but we do
14: today. Shadows of Mount Sequoia. Dana Tiger taught me how to say the word... Cedar, in Cherokee. It tangled my Aryan tongue at first, so I practiced until it felt natural. Passing my arboreal elder tonight, I say, na," aloud, then repeat. Certain it hears and can understand the sound we humans once assigned to an aging sentinel guarding our hill. I'm sure it will be here after I'm gone, still anchoring its thin layer of topsoil, still bending its gnarly arms in the wind. Though I have the gift of mobility, I probably wouldn't notice if you cut me off at the knees, my roots left behind years ago in Oklahoma. Granddad would sit in the summer shade carving talismans out of red cedar, leaving them scattered about the yard to be deciphered a lifetime later.
0: Jerry Sloan and other poets whose work is included in Wild Muse, Ozark's Nature Poetry will be read tomorrow night at Pearl's Books in Fayetteville at 6 o'clock. KUAF is supported by
7: Little Wing Productions, presenting the Eureka Springs Blues Rock and Funk Festival, featuring Ray Wiley Hubbard and Marsha Ball, June 2nd at the Auditorium. Reserve seats on sale this Friday, March 10th at tickets.thundertix.com. Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art presents Diego Rivera's America, the first major exhibition focused solely on the Mexican artist in over 20 years. It includes his works, digital projections of his murals, and three major paintings by Frida Kahlo. Diego Rivera's America opens March 11th. Tickets at crystalbridges.org. This
1: is 91.3 KUAF, Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Bentonville, and Charleston. Matthew produced today's program in the Bruce and Ann Applegate News Studio 2.
0: Contributors today included Anna Pope, Daniel Carruth, Paul Gatling, Roby Brock, Brett Ratliff, our membership director at KUAF, and Leah Uribe brings us Sound Perimeter. We also had contributions from the news staff at KUAR in Little Rock.
1: Our theme is titled The First Surah. It is written and performed by Daryl Sean. Daryl's most recent CD titled Still Here. If you don't have plans for the next 24 hours. I don't think I do. I've got some suggestions. Okay, let's do We're at that time of year where just there's a lot to Uh do. All right. Uh, As Leah mentioned earlier on our program, the University of Arkansas Wind Ensemble Concert tomorrow night at the Faulkner Performing Arts Center. Uh, There is a bed-building volunteer event at Northwest Arkansas Community College Saturday. All right. Um, The Diego Rivera Exhibition is opening at Crystal Bridges this weekend. We're going to hear a little bit about that tomorrow. Rachel Sanchez Smith Mm -hmm. is there today. The She Festival opens at the Faulkner Center this weekend. That's Women in Music, Mm -hmm. uh, curated by the University of Arkansas. And though it's not here, the NCAA Indoor Track and Field Championships taking place in Albuquerque. Men go in ranked number one, women go in ranked number two. Have you ever been to Albuquerque? I have. I've been to Albuquerque twice. Okay. That's two more times than I have. Albuquerque reminds me of a Little Rock with mountains. I like that. There, There is a mountain in Little Rock. Yes, yes. I mean, right. Um, the last time I was in Albuquerque, mm-hmm. I was in a, a nice little um, local restaurant, and I'm sitting by myself eating chips and salsa, as one does in Albuquerque. Yeah, of course. And there was a couple talking about getting married at the next... uh, They were going to get married. They Mm -hmm. were talking about where... They wanted to have a destination wedding. Mm -hmm. When you're alone, you don't eavesdrop. You just hear, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Of course. And so they were trying to figure out a destination wedding spot that wouldn't cost a lot of money. Uh Uh-huh. And the, the waitstaff person came over and said... I tell you where to go. There's this place called Thorncrown Chapel. Yeah. Somewhere in Arkansas. <laughs> somewhere in Arkansas. So I had to do my cliff-clavin.
5: <laughs> and said,
1: <laughs> "Well, actually." Exactly. <laughs> By the way, uh, that is in Eureka Springs and uh, you should check it out.
0: See, you didn't actually do a cliff-clavin there because you gave factual information. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's
1: true. But you know, wherever you go, you'll you'll
0: you'll always find the Ozarks.
1: Right. Uh, You'll always find us here at noon and 7, Monday through Friday, from the Carver Center for Public Radio. I'm Kyle Kellams. I'm Matthew Moore. Be well.